Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Balls and Whistles, a Highland News and Media podcast looking at what's been going on in the world of sport around the Highlands this week. My name is Andrew Henderson and for the last time in 2021 I'm on my own because sports editor Will Clark is still away on annual leave. Regular listeners of the show might have a little bit of an idea of what that means. It's an interview episode, yay! It means we're going to be playing some of the interviews that we've conducted so far this week to put together all of the stuff that you see in the newspapers, basically. Uh, It's quite a simple concept, and this week we're starting off with Ross County, who, like a lot of other football teams, were in action midweek. It's been a very busy time of the year for football. Uh, They managed to pick up a draw on the road at St Mirren in the Premiership. They've got a huge match coming up tomorrow against St Johnson, where they can finally move out of the relegation zone for the first time in months. They've been down there for a while, but performances like various people at the club have said have been pretty good, they just haven't quite got the results. That seems to be turning around a little bit just now. And there's been a couple of changes on the pitch as well. On Wednesday night, there were four changes. One of those players coming into the starting 11 was striker Dominic Samuel. So this is the chat that we had with him after the full-time whistle. Sometimes in games like this, you're going to have to, when it's a close game, you're going to have to put those chances away. But I think at the same time, he's made a good save. And, uh, you know, sometimes in games like that, you just got to keep going. And I feel like it was a good point from us. The encouraging thing is you always look like scoring in every game. You know, you, you must always feel that there's chances there when the, the game's tight as it was tonight. Yeah, you know, um, from where we was at the start of the season to now, I feel like the team's starting to gel. You know, we're starting to look threatening on the counter-attack as well. And I think teams are like starting to respect us now and I think at some point all these chances and you know the creating stuff is going to come into one place soon and I feel like the goals will start coming. Their keeper made quite a few good saves tonight and you sometimes have to hold your hands up and say that's the way it goes. Yeah you know sometimes you're going to come across good keepers and to be fair he is a good keeper you know made some good saves today um, but you know as a football player you've got to just keep going and hopefully one of them will go in but unfortunately it went tonight. There's, there's quite a good balance to the, the side. I mean, because you, you know you defended well when you came under pressure as well. Um, you know, is that something that's kind of evolved as the season's gone on? As yeah, well? you know, it's, it's it's the gaffer to be fair. You know, he, he makes us work hard in training. Yeah. You know, on on uh, you could say the basics, which is defending. You know, and you can see now like another clean sheet. It's like once you get the defending side right, and then the attacking side will come after. And I feel like everything's starting to gel now. You had to be patient for your chance in the start of the eleven. Were you quite happy to get a chance tonight? Yeah, you know, it was kind of a frustrating one as a player, but you know, with football, things can change. So you always got to just stay on point and keep keep working hard in training. And when your time comes, you got to just make sure you take it. Because you've come off the bench in the last few games, um, has it just been a case of trying to you know make as much of an impression to the manager? Yeah, you know, that's that's all it is. You know, um, when you get on the pitch, whether it's the last minute or whether you're starting, you got to give your hundred percent. And you know, I'm grateful today that I started the game and. You know, like you said, you can't miss out on one game where you're you're slacking. You've got to be 100 percent at all times. I suppose you'll be hoping for a you know sustained run in the, the side now. Uh, just you know, just to... uh, yeah. Hopefully, you know, um, you know, you know, the amount of games that's coming up. Um, but you know, hopefully today it shows that uh, what I can do. So hopefully, I can be put in the next game. Looking to the next game, St Johnson on Saturday. You guys know if you win, you're off the bottom of the table. You know, ever there's an incentive, that's all. Uh, yeah, you, uh, we were quite aware of that. To be fair, we can see that you know the points are coming in. You know, um, if we're not winning, at least we're getting a point on the board. And now, you know, we're starting to creep and get closer to the pack. So it's like, you know, now Saturdays we have to win um, to get out of the bottom, like you said. So, um, you know, we're going to just stick to our normal game plan, 
stick to what we do best and just try and get the win. Well, obviously, every Ross County fan will be hoping that they do go and get the win in Perth against St. Johnson tomorrow. Like I said before, it's a huge game for them. And there are big matches all over the Highlands, really, this week. Because tonight, Inverness Caledonia Thistle could go top of the championship table once again when they face the current leaders, Kilmarnock, at home in the league and a Friday night kickoff. The scene is set absolutely beautifully for them. I'm sure a lot of people will be watching that on TV if they're not going along to the match. Uh, best of luck to them. We hope that they managed to pick up the three points. I'll actually be going along to that one, so you can follow me on social media if you want to get your updates from the match that way rather than, like I say, watching it on TV or actually heading along to the stadium. Uh, it's a big one as well in the Highland League for Brewer Rangers, who could close the gap to leaders Fraserburgh. They were supposed to be playing Brechin in the Highland League Cup, but that match was postponed when Brechin had to play a Scottish Cup replay tomorrow instead. There's a whole thing going on with the Highland League and games got moved around. Uh, Brewer are instead going to be playing Huntley at Dudgeon Park in the league. Clacticodden are going to be in action in the Highland League Cup. They've got Forest, which the way Forest have been playing so far this season might present an opportunity for Clack to go further on in the competition, which isn't maybe something we would have expected this time last year, but it's certainly the way the form table's playing out this time around. Nairn County are not in action, they're already out of the cup, and obviously with so many teams involved in the Highland League Cup, the league calendar has been slightly decimated. But it's a big weekend in the North Cali League as well, and it's also, I feel like I'm just repeating myself at this point, a big weekend for Inverness Caledonian Thistles women's team. They go up against Buchan in the Championship North on Sunday for their last home game of 2021. They are, of course, looking to stay in the promotion mix. The top two are both in with a chance of going up to the SWPL2. Cali Thistle at the minute are third. They missed the opportunity to go second a couple of weeks ago. Every point is crucial for them. But as you're about to hear from manager Karen Mason... Buckingham are going to provide a slightly tougher opposition for them this time around than they did earlier in the season when Inverness won 5-0 on the road. It's the last home game of the year on Sunday, this, this one coming. Do you think it's going to feel like a bit of an occasion for you? Um, I feel kind of probably having that week off. It probably just feels like we're getting back started again almost rather than a, a bit of an occasion, I think. Um, I think the way things have gone over the last kind of year or so, you kind of think when you get to the, the end of a year, you think you've maybe possibly made it, but we've obviously got a long way to go in our season. Mm. So uh, I wouldn't say necessarily a, a, an occasion, but it's just it'll be nice to get back to back to playing again and, and getting a wee run of games again before the before the Christmas break comes in. How was the week off? I'd imagine knowing you, there's a lot of hard work being put in the training. Uh, there was, yeah. I mean, obviously the midweek time we keep from Sunday off just purely because it's the last kind of weekend off before Christmas time. So you know, if anyone had to get away for <laughs> Christmas shopping or that, then it was an opportunity for that to happen. Sure. Um, but yeah, midweek we've obviously been been working as as they normally have been, um, and yeah, just kind of getting getting back into stead for for getting ready for bucking on the weekend. Well, that's it, it's Bucking, you beat them 5-0 I think it was, wasn't it? The it game was, yeah, we played them away already, yeah, but I know they've kind of, they've made some additions to their squad and they've had some quite decent results actually of uh, of late, so there's definitely been an improvement since the last time we played them, so uh, we'll have to make sure that we, we don't take them too lightly. They're actually not that far behind you now in the table, they've kind of snuck up the league a bit. Yeah, they have, and that's kind of thing. I was looking at that the other day as well, and think, you know, a, a win against us for them would kind of put them up there for for fourth, and then you know they're not they're not far off of us. So yeah, we've definitely got to make sure that we're on on top of our game um, and not make any more slip ups on on Sunday. 
So you say they've brought in a few new players. Is there going to be element of the unknown, or do you expect it to not be too dissimilar from the first game? I mean, I wouldn't think it'd be too dissimilar, but I mean, you know, they can just add a bit of quality here and there that might kind of shore them up at the back a little bit um, that may not have conceded, because they conceded quite a fair amount of goals at the start, and that doesn't seem to be happening as much now, so um, whatever that'd be down to, so um, I'm not too sure of any particular names or anything they've brought in, sure. but um, I just know that there's been, been some additions being made. And of course, from your point of view, back up to third after the win over Dryborough last time, they then went and beat Montrose in the Championship Cup final, which uh, I, I, I guess would give you a bit of hope for the top of the table come the end of the season. It did. I mean, it kind of opened up the eyes. You know, Montrose aren't this undefeatable team that they, they kind of maybe have seemed to have peered in the league. Um, a driver had gone out and, and played a really clever game against them on Sunday and just kind of were really, really disciplined. And it, it just shows that anyone in this league can beat anyone given their day. So for us, definitely having beaten driver the week before, uh, we kind of thought, you know, like it's possible for us to do. So um, albeit I say we'll still take one game at a time and, and see how other results go. But I'm sure that'll evoke a, a reaction out of Montrose shows if anything from, from losing that cup game um, but obviously we'll hope to, to capitalise and get us up another place in the table hopefully soon Do you think it'll give a lift to the Cali Thistle girls as well though because it has been a little bit up and down the last few weeks with not beating East Fife but then beating Driver. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for us, it's kind of, you know, it's we see that around us and it's given a bit of a boost, I think, because everyone wasn't expecting it on Sunday for, for Drybra to do it. I think uh, the last league game they had played Drybra, they were 7-0 winners, so um, it had been a bit of a, a bit of an eye-opener, kind of just a bit of possibility, really. So, um, yeah, for sure, it's probably given a, a bit of a boost in the camp and just hoping that, you know, we can then not make any more of these mistakes that we, we keep on talking about. Of course, we're at that time of the year where... Other teams and other sports will be playing their last home games of 2021 as well. And that's the case for Highland Rugby Club tomorrow too. They host Kelso looking to avenge a very rare, it must be said, 40-point defeat down the borders back at the start of the season. That is on head coach Dave Carson's mind a little bit, but he's also thinking about moving up the league table, managing to string a few wins together to wrap up the year and keep them in their own title race in National 1, looking to get up to the Premiership, the highest level of club rugby in Scotland. That would, of course, be phenomenal for them, but points against Kelso tomorrow is the next step if they are going to do that. Here is what Dave had to say about that match, but first, looking back to last week's win on the road against Ayr. It looked like it was uh, pretty comfortable until the last five minutes or so. Yeah, absolutely. Total control. Andrew Boyce played probably the best first half of rugby we played all season. Played really well, really accurate, scored two good tries, conversion, and just controlled the game really well. Uh, really, really pleased in second half. Well, they had, what did they have? They must have had five chances to take penalties in the first half. Uh, and they went for the line-out every time, and we, we stopped their drive every time, which was a bit naive on their side. And uh, it was a good team talk at half-time. Just, they were just thinking they were going to roll over us and hammer us, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, not very respectful, which wound the players up for the second half, which was just perfect. So, no, really good, really pleased. Second half... Going to a wee bit of a bun fight. First 10, 15 minutes, they obviously came out really wanting it, but we thwarted that, and then they started giving away penalties, and we just took uh, so three penalties or two penalties? Uh, it been two penalties. Having a quick look, yeah, it would have been two. Two penalties in the second half, and I, was, and I think there was eight minutes left when they got uh, a couple of tries. The boys were out on their feet by that point. They'd put a, 
a massive shift in, which is, is all we ask for before every game starts, and they've done it the last couple of weeks away from home, so it's just fantastic. You touched on it there. It's a pretty easy job for you, really, to motivate the guys and, and get them up for it when the, the opposition's tactics are, are like that. Yeah, just bizarre of them. I mean, it could have been 12 all at half time. Their kicker's a very, very good kicker. Uh, he can kick from a long way as well. You know, he did it. He, I mean, he did that when up in Vernes, and uh, I thought, I'd say we've learned our lesson. If we get three points, we take them now. Mm-hmm. Majority of times, you know, you just keep the scoreboard ticking over, and they didn't, and they kept, they kept going for the line, and it was just so after two, well, okay, you try the first two maybe, but then three, four, and five in the first half, that's uh, bizarre, but that was fine, just played in our hands, and really got our boys up for the second half. Absolutely, and it gives you a good bit of momentum to take into this week, obviously. Um, last home game of the calendar year, I'm sure everybody will be raring to go upon a performance to see out 2021 in style. Yeah, 100%, and uh, I mean, we, we don't, we'll not really mention the last time we played them because we were just so far off the pace and we got absolutely, my biggest defeat in my, my career, I think, coaching career, 40-odd points to be us by. We just weren't at the races that day, so uh, we're in a good place now, mentally, physically, and also game management-wise. We're really managing games and playing in the right areas of the park and just doing things. Just we've really grown. Just always think the last two or three weeks, we've really things have really swung around for us and mm-hmm. uh, putting in some great performances, uh, using the head a lot more than we did, and uh, yeah, playing well. So as I said, this is massive. I mean, they put 40 points past us, so we certainly want to change the scoreboard around in that one. Well, that's the thing you mentioned it there. Based on the last few performances, you're a completely different side from the last time you played them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's obviously a few boys have come back in and. Uh, we had quite a few boys in, very inexperienced, in, in but but did a job for us because they got some victories with them as well. But down there in the borders, if you don't front that to them, then uh, yeah, they'll just run over the top of you, and that's exactly what they did. But they'll certainly not happen at Canal Park. Mm-hmm. I know you want to win every game, Dave. That goes without saying. But when there is that extra bit of, of motivation, remembering what happened last time, how much of a difference does that make in national one? Yeah, well, we found that. I mean, obviously, the big the big slip up for us was was Cartha. Uh, we'd just beaten the team at the top of the league in Melrose, big club that they were. We'd beaten them at home, and a few guys, you probably five or six out of the squad, thought inexperienced fellas again. Oh, we've just beaten Melrose. Cartha had only won two games at that point. We'll go and beat them, you know. And it just doesn't happen. Uh, I've said this to you before. Every game is really tough, and if you're not mainly and physically on the button, then you're going to get beat by, say, eight or nine teams there. They can all beat each other on their day, as we've seen yeah. even last week, we saw, you know. So, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be in a good place come Saturday. And I say the boys have put in some good performance, even though Gala beat us. Yeah, that was just one of those games, two fantastic sides, and it could have gone anyway. So I, wasn't, I was disappointed, but not upset with performance in that game. So it's, um, yeah, we'll be itching to go. And you say, last game at home before the turn of the year, so there'll be a big crowd down and and we'll look forward to it. How much is that on your mind to maybe not just beat Kelso, but put a good few points past them after last time? Uh, no, as long as we get minimum four points in the bag. Andrew, I don't really... I mean, if we got five points and got a few more tries, that would be great, but just keep this winning momentum going. As we said to guys, we've maybe looked too far ahead. We've looked at big games against the big Heriots and the Melrose and stuff, and uh, I think it was Lewis Sinkler that said, look, 
I think we're looking too far ahead. Let's just, it's probably it's a, pretty much a football thing, isn't it? Yeah. What's in front of us? What's the next thing we've got to do? Right? Next thing we've got to beat Kelso. Forget about going to Harriet's the week after and playing at the, the famous Golden Acre and stuff like that. Let's just concentrate on this one and uh, get the job done. And they're really focusing on it. And uh, as I've said to you the last couple of weeks, the training on Tuesday, Thursday, because of COVID and stuff, we've, we've split the squad. So we're not having, we don't have any chance of cross infection between the first, seconds and thirds, you know? Right, sure. So they've put some quality work together and uh, it's really paid dividends and the results have shown that. Again, we've talked about the league table plenty of times over the last couple of months, but if, if you do win on Saturday, you can go above Kelso, which I suppose is an extra bit of motivation on top of everything else. Yeah, that's right. And we've still got a game in hand over them, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's the most exciting league in Scottish rugby. It's just unbelievable how you know teams are beating other teams. And uh, I think it was because the Melrose beat Melrose beat Heriots uh, at Heriots at the weekend. And the week before that, Kelso would be in Melrose. You know, it's it's all over the place. <laughs> so it just everyone's... And obviously, personnel. You know, if you've got a big squad or if you're missing key players, it's affecting every team in different ways. And every team's dropping points here and there. So, um, yeah, let's see how it goes. <laughs> uh, I didn't see anything about injuries from this last weekend, Dave. I'm guessing everybody made it through all right. Yeah, uh, a couple. Um, uh, Scott Fraser's uh, muscle problem top is five, so he'll be seeing the physio, so we'll see how he is. Right. And JJ, as I call him, <laughs> he got a clar. He's got a wee bit of back twinge, but uh, he'll get looked at as well. Right. So, so hopefully nothing uh, too serious then. No, nothing too serious. I'm also up for selection as well. Andrew Finlater will be... Uh, for, so he'll be available for selection the first time this season. I was just thinking it's been a little while since he's been around, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Andrew's uh, worked really hard in his rehab, so he's trained with us the last three weeks now, so he'll come into the squad somewhere. Also, Grant Jameson, who damaged his ankle and knee way back the Tuesday, the Thursday before the air game mm-hmm. as well. That's him. He's fit for selection as well, and Craig Finley as well, so we'll have a selection headache tomorrow night uh, to see who's going to stay and who's going to not stay so to speak but certainly the the squad will be stronger still so it's all good it sounds like you're spoiled for choice even more than normal yeah well things change during the week (laughs) as we found out before (laughs) but at the moment uh, yeah we're looking good strong place and say the seconds get their get their games good they haven't played for a month now so that's they get a they get a chance to kick off there going down to Aberdeenshire mm-hmm. which you get them going again they haven't played for four weeks but they've been training really hard together so um, some boys may feed down into the seconds but it'll only strengthen them after the recent experiences they've had in the ones and um, yeah it's looking good it's looking good for both sides Unlike last week, Highland's first team aren't the only rugby team in action from the Highlands uh, the lower Caledonian leagues, the regionalised leagues, all took a break for the Autumn Internationals. And then, of course, Storm Arwen last week forced a lot of cancellations across the board. Highland seconds and thirds are back in action, as are Inverness, Craig, Denane, men's and women's teams, I believe. And so are Ross Sutherland. Now, they've got a tough trip to Cali North 2 leaders Murray. 
to be fair, might not have been too many people expecting Murray to be leading the way when you've got Highlands Raptors and Aberdeenshire in that league as well. It was a close match when these two met earlier on in the season. Ross Sutherland felt like they should have won it really, but they ended up switching off for the last 15-20 minutes. Murray got the win and look at where they are now. Look at the momentum that that has given them. So there is an element of... Uh, certainly respect. I think we're about to hear a little bit of jealousy as well from Ross Sutherland coach Dave Gill in his own words. Um, but first, again, looking backwards a little bit to the call-off from last week and what that actually meant for a team that hasn't played in well over a month at this point. It was frustrating going from a three-week break to a four, which has now become a five. Um, yeah, call, calling out for summer rugby at the moment, isn't it? Um, it's, it's just everything's going that way at the moment it's difficult with you with regards to any preparations covid weather all sorts um autumn internationals it's um it's just a funny time of year isn't it um so it would have been it would have been great to get a game we had a we had a good squad um and and guys were guys were keen to get back playing um so having said that same applies obviously for this for the Saturday, um, it would have been nice to have the, have had the, the home game played first, um, but um, um, thankfully it's still kind of quite a close close trip to Murray, um, and go down and try and make amends for um, having a twenty minute shutdown at the end of the last time we played them. How much does that play on your minds? What happened last time round? Because it was a game from memory off the top of my head that you guys really felt you should have won. Yeah, I mean we've we've had a, f- a few games this year where we've played some fantastic rugby and uh, wide and expansive and quick moving stuff um, and attacking. Um, unfortunately, we've sometimes been the masters of our own downfall as well a wee bit with regards to, um, as I've said, I think repeatedly to you, just having that kind of ten twenty minute spell of um, too many mistakes or or switching off or wh- whatever the reason may be. But um, yeah, that's just kind of come back to haunt us a wee bit so yeah we want to we want to try and get a complete performance and um, um, play how we want to play for the for the full 80 um, and yeah that's that's how we want to try and do it we know fine we've we've got good rugby in us um, and and there's a willingness for the for the lads to work hard for each other um, so it's it's just keen to to see it in a, in a full performance what have you made of Murray's start to the season? Because they're top of the table, and I guess that's a, a position maybe not too many people would have expected them to be in at this stage. No, I mean they're, they're doing, they are doing very well. I mean they're 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 there at the moment. They've got great competition for places within the squad as well. I mean they're they're certainly trying to trying to get two teams out as well. So it, it's one of the we've all said it before. Competition breeds success. I mean whether it's within club or um, or close neighbours, it, it it always helps. And if they've got that competition for guys pushing to try and get into their, their starting 15 their first 15 then then it always always makes it a good place to be so no credit to them they've done well they're they're working away um and picking up picking up the the results so yeah i mean it's you'll look on with regards to a bit of um, jealousy in some regards with regards to how well they've done so far um as I feel that we feel that we've maybe should have been a few points closer to them with regards to how things had gone if we had managed to put results to bed that should have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's um, lessons learned. Hopefully, lessons learned. I would guess you guys had training last night. How's the squad looking for the weekend? 
Yeah, good and probably very similar to what we were planning putting out um, last week. Um, I would have thought be very similar team. We've we've had a we've had a few lads who have been isolating with regards to positive tests, um, um, but thankfully not too many injuries. Um, so it's we're uh, yeah a very very similar position with regards to what we're looking at from last year uh, last week. Sorry, um, so it's <laughs> as I say, just we wish they had another game under the belt. I guess you all you will all just be absolutely raring to go with it, with it being so long now. Yeah, and it's it's, uh, it's the, the the difficult thing, obviously, this time of year as well. Having had more weeks off than expected, and then knowing that there's going to be another break coming up, it's all it just does get a bit more disjointed. But yeah, just keen to, to get back playing and um, having um, having some having something to look forward to on a Saturday. Of course, there's always plenty of football and rugby, both in the paper and on this podcast, but there's a lot of other stuff going on around the Highlands as well, and some of them have been just as busy. In particular, I'm thinking about Highland Boxing Academy. Last weekend, the club's Tain fighter, Stephen Munro, won his first elite-level title, becoming the Northern District Champion. Uh, Highland Boxing Academy have got their own club show next weekend. We might be talking about that in a a little bit in a future episode uh, but first up tomorrow night Ben Bartlett who's originally from Strathpaffer now lives in Dingwall fights out of the club in Inverness is headlining Northern Sporting Club's first ever show in the Highlands. Ben turned professional a couple of years ago he obviously had to put a lot of that to the side during the pandemic when contact sports especially uh, took so long to come back one of the first things to go he is absolutely buzzing to have a hometown fight for all intents and purposes uh, here is what he had to say to preview that tomorrow night uh, just buzzing starting to finally be back in the ring after over 20 months out um, it's going to be some night I know I've got a lot of support coming up uh, just can't wait to get in the ring and do business like you say, it's been a long time since you last managed to get into the ring. Uh, have, how do you feel like you've improved in that time? Uh, in ways, the time off has actually helped me a lot because I learned so much in the gym, putting in constant training at the time I've been out of the ring. Um, so in ways, it has benefited me, but I'm just looking forward to getting in and showing it all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I suppose you won't really know, but... Can you take a guess at how you're going to be feeling when you do finally get back in between those ropes? Probably just a little bit of nervous, but buzzing at the same time, because I almost think I'm good support with me whenever I'm fighting. For mm. it to be in I know it's just going to be a complete buzz. Mm-hmm. How much does that mean to you to be able to headline a show as a professional in, in Inverness? Uh, it just means it's always been a dream of mine to be headlining an Inverness show. At 22 years old to be doing it, it's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it an extra bit of, of motivation for you, I suppose? Definitely, 100%. Knowing that you're going to be in your home parents, 100% motivation. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just thinking, are you from Dingwall originally? Am I right in thinking I'm that? I'm from Dingwall. I'm, I'm, I live in Dingwall, but originally from Strath. Pepper. Oh right, okay, sure. It's still close enough to call it a hometown fight, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fighting out of Inverness. That's what I, well, that's what I train. I train in uh, Highland Boxing Academy. So aye, aye. In Inverness. Um, 
Good stuff, then, Ben. It's, I think I was talking to Liam earlier on. I think you've just got confirmation of your opponent. Is that right? Yeah, it's all, uh, it's all confirmed. I'm not sure. I'm actually not too sure who it is yet, so I can't really give you anything. <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> How do you go about approaching a fight like this when you don't know who you're going to be up against? Um, just train, train like you're fighting anyone. You've just got to put in the same amount of effort you would with anyone, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's all you can do. Finally, for this week, then, I have to go back to a promise that I made on last week's episode which was of course a very special one dedicated to the Rainbow Laces campaign. Uh, I had done a couple more interviews to be honest than made it into last week's episode just because those ones ended up being so in-depth. I don't want to say so long because that makes it sound like a bad thing. There's so much really interesting and, and nuanced detail and opinions in that. I want to make sure we got it all in but it did unfortunately mean I had to leave some things out. So like I said last time, I'm going to play one of the Rainbow Laces interviews that I had done on this week's episode. Uh, We might do the same again next week, that remains to be seen. But this one, anybody who has bought last Friday's Inverness Courier, or indeed today's Inverness Courier, may have seen some comments from Inverness Craig Denane Rugby Club's women's team's vice captain, Erin Green. Uh, She very kindly took time out of her day to talk to me about the campaign. She's been the one really pushing this by the sounds of it at Craig Denane. And as you're about to hear, she was very excited to be able to get the club involved in a campaign like Rainbow Laces. I suppose it's showing that the club's kind of welcome to everybody. Um, it's probably the best way to try and say, like, we're all inclusive club, that we try to promote it throughout everywhere. And the Rainbow Laces campaign is to show, it's an LGBT mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, to show that we're supportive, we're open to everybody, and it's all in all just been included. I think that crazy being, being able to be included as well in the whole campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good campaign. Like quite a few of our girls already wear rainbow laces, and they have done for years, um, myself included. Um, and being able to offer that to everybody, we're never like we're not going to force people to wear them, kind of thing. But allowing people to wear them, I suppose, is show that bit of support and. I know if you go to other clubs to see other clubs wearing them as well, um, it's quite good to finally get an SRU involved in that, I suppose, as well. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask, actually. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, I was going to ask if, if it's something you've done before, but by sounds that maybe some of you have and some of you haven't. Yeah, so it was definitely. I was, I was based in the Scottish Borders for quite a while. And it was it was a thing that the college actually did. Right. Um, but I believe this is don't quote me on this, but I think it's actually the first time that the SRU have done something like this. Um, I've definitely never heard or seen of it. Um, and from Scottish rugby itself, I don't know if any other clubs have done it. Mm. Um, but I think it's, it's definitely the first time that. When I've been for the name last four years, five years, that's the first time we've done it. Um, hopefully, getting the men and the women's involved in it. Mm-hmm. How good is it to see the SRU pushing it? Oh, it's phenomenal. Considering that other places have pushed it as well, and then finally coming it from the actual SRU, 
and them actually providing the laces for free. Um, you've just got our job pack is amazing. The fact that we don't, it's funded already, I suppose, as well. Mm-hmm. It's just for us, gives us something as well to promote on social media. Because um, we're definitely going to drive it in the next, I believe it actually starts, starts pretty soon. It's next week, I think. But next week, um, it's for a month, and there's obviously the actual day of it that we're going to... I don't think we're actually training on the day of it, but we're going to push it through social media um, and get everybody to maybe put their, put their laces on their trainers, not even just their rugby boots, and wear them for the day. Um, so I've not seen... I've not, I'm with UHI. I've not seen UHI push them um, for the campaign. So, I mean, how, I'm trying to think of the way to word this, you know, you're saying Craig Dane's obviously a club that's open for everybody, you're quite happy, you know, how much of an impact do you think it'll actually have for individuals at the club or maybe even people looking to join? I suppose in the club already, like, we've got, we're, we're a different kind of club considering what I've ever been like, um, we're so... I suppose over social media as well, being able just to show it that we're actually campaigning for it as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's phenomenal the fact that the way the SRU have offered this to clubs, not even just like a week in advance, it's a couple of weeks in advance. So we're going to have, like, say yourself coming to me, wanting to speak to me about it. Yeah. We're going to drive it on social media for weeks and weeks kind of thing. We're not going to every single day, but every so often. And for people to see that they can join us, in the way of how to describe it, um, in the way of we are who we are, kind of thing, and everybody's welcome. You are who you are, and we're not ever going to judge it. Um, rugby's for everybody. Literally, what we all say is what the S are you. It's it's everybody's game and everybody's campaign that went. The S are you drove a everybody's game campaign. Mm-hmm earlier in the year so it is like it's a game for everybody and showing this campaign really does show that it's everybody's game um it's not just driven at certain points which i think rugby was for a long time right okay um, so. So, so you've seen a change then over i mean i don't know how long but over a few years at least i've i've played for eight years and even in the last eight years, what a change it's been, and it's actually really, really nice to see everybody. I wouldn't say everybody. You know, I mean, everybody's got their opinions, but a lot of people are starting to accept that that it's everybody's game, mm-hmm. and it's it's open to everybody, and it's a safe space for people as well. Sometimes, um, no judgment. We're there. To, we're all there for the same thing, which is rugby. I'm just trying to think back. You know, I've spoken to other rugby clubs and, and other people involved at the game and that's always the impression that I've got of rugby that it's very welcoming, very inclusive but this is just an example I suppose of you actually shouting about that <laughs> Oh, 100% people to shout openly about it um, like we've just had a couple in the, rug, the women's rugby team, they've just recently got engaged oh, right, okay. um, things, things like that Like we've got without saying it without like saying it in a bad way. We've got couples in the team um, being able to show that we're kind of that club. I don't think Craig Dineen has ever, since I've been, we've never had 
judgment out of anybody. Um, you drive it. It's absolutely, I, I think he's the worst it is. So it's, I mean, we're the, we're the 21st century, and I think, like, driving it as well. Like, especially Mike and I, I was speaking to it not that long ago to somebody, and they were, they were, they were kind of all over the place about it. Like, we don't actually know how to think of that, but we accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, since the SRU have driven it, it's, it's shown that if they accept it, other clubs will accept it, kind of thing as well. Yeah. See. Um, you mentioned you're going to be pushing it on social media then. You've obviously got the laces themselves. Are you planning on doing anything else at Craigdon Lane to promote the campaign? We've not come up with that yet. I have, we have got a few ideas, but it's not been written in stonework. Right. Um, uh, but there's going to be loads. Like you've obviously got the actual day of the lace campaign. I know it runs for a few weeks, mm-hmm. but there's going to be the actual day. And it's just the fact that the SRU is the overall umbrella then obviously it's well rugby kind of thing but Scottish the SRU in Scotland I was down when I was down at Murrayfield for the Young Ambassadors Conference not that I was down the weekend in Australia again for a team run mm. watched it and we had a conversation about it there and even Tim Bitter who I don't know if I've ever heard of him Matt he used to be a really good Scotland player still very involved with it yeah seeing that the SRU are driving little things like this so it comes it comes from all the overall like national level down to grassroots level yeah seeing it have been driven at grassroots level is the way forward definitely because obviously then people go up the levels um, if they do kind of thing so implementing it in grassroots level like anything in the world if you implement it then you'll have it throughout yeah it makes all the difference when you've got that backing from the very top doesn't it 100% backing with anything from the top these days in rugby the further you go the better and um the Rainbow Laces campaign, like, I was kind of shocked when I came across it. I was like, wow, this is finally something that I know everybody in the club will be like, wow, let's do it kind of thing. Like, I know it's um, Men's Mental Health Month this, this week, this month, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> um, we're finding that, see, like, we've actually tried to drive that in the club, but men are very shy about it, I suppose, in a way. Mm. But see this, everybody's wanting to get involved in it. It's pinpointing the perfect things. You probably know it yourself these days. It's finding the right thing to pinpoint and finally welcoming it in the club is way forward. Yeah. But did you have any doubts about the men's team? Because it, it always seems to be a slightly different thing with men compared to women for some reason. I suppose because there's, th- there's so many men that have been there for so many years. <laughs> They've kind of obviously seen it, and they've all just we all just take each other as we are, kind of thing. And create and I've been involved in. You can't count the amount of rugby clubs I've been involved in in two hands, kind of thing. Sure. And create is definitely the pinpoint of it. Um, I don't know if it's just because we're Inverness. Um, it's just the men's are very like. Like I say, he's trying to get them to speak about mental health, you'd be easier trying to get a one-year-old to write their name kind of thing compared to men being involved in something like this because it really is everybody's game and that pinpoints throughout men and women's. Men, women's, under-18s, under-16s, the whole way like, down to 
the micro minis, it's everybody's game mm-hmm. and everybody should be welcome. And that Rainbow Laces campaign really pushes that through. Well, there you have it. Another look at what's been going on this week in the world of sport in the Highland. That is pretty much all we've got, has to be said. Uh, Will Clark, sports editor, will be back next time around. Of course, we're getting in the build-up to Christmas. There's so many games in football to look forward to. Uh, we're barely going to have a moment's rest between press conferences and midweek matches, going to things in the evenings. And very... It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not complaining whatsoever. But there is going to be so much to keep tabs on. Make sure that you buy a paper read about what's happening and make sure you listen to future episodes of Balls and Whistles as well. And of course, you can get in touch with us. You can ask us questions about any of the stuff that we've been reporting on or even further afield than that. If you want to get our thoughts on anything football related, rugby related, you know, cricket related, boxing related, whatever, Rainbow Laces related, feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter at balls underscore whistles or you can email ballsandwhistles at hnmedia.co.uk. I'll always make a point of putting both of those in the description so don't worry about rewinding it to make sure you've written it down properly or make sure you're typing it into your search engine properly. You can just copy and paste it straight from the description. It's right there. It really can't be any easier for you. For the time being though, all that's left for me to do is to say we'll be back next week and thank you so much again for listening.